Good morning, pastors and ministry leaders. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. My name is Shegun Ayigusi, and I am a pastor and founder and director of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos in Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. The Nigerian Pastors Podcast is the audio ministry of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network, and we aim to achieve two goals through this podcast. One, we want to minister to the pastor's heart and stir up in you a greater love for Jesus Christ. The fact is, when a pastor is in awe and in love with Jesus Christ, it will result in emotionally and spiritually healthy ministry leaders who lead thriving churches. And our second goal through this podcast is to equip you with practical biblical teaching for ministry so that you can grow in your knowledge of God's word and become more effective in preaching and teaching through the Bible. It is our ongoing prayers that the Holy Spirit of God accomplishes both of these goals in your life as you listen along. Welcome again and thank you for listening. So in today's episode, um, I want to talk to us about what to do when you hit an emotional and spiritual low point in ministry and you're just considering giving up. Now, uh, this may be a familiar feeling to some of you pastors and ministry leaders who have been in the ministry trenches for many years. And there are several reasons why a pastor may have reached this point. In fact, I'll give you five of them. Number one, it may be that um, attendance has stalled or declined in your church over the years, especially last year, right? Like, like Lord knows that COVID hit every church very hard. And perhaps that decline in attendance has put a financial strain on your ministry. Uh, number two reason why some pastors may have find themselves at a low point is it may be that the church that you are pastoring is perhaps forcing you out or putting pressure on you and, or because of some unresolvable issues within the congregation. Number three, it may be a result of your own personal problems that you're struggling to overcome, perhaps a sinful stronghold in your life you've not been able to overcome, or maybe it's a struggle in your marriage or with your family or even financial. Number four, it could be spiritual, right? The enemy of our soul may very well just be bombarding you with just constant discouragement and you're just overwhelmed and don't find that you have enough strength to fight back. And then lastly, it may just be plain stress, right? Just the exhaustion and the constant grind of pouring out your life and not seeing its immediate impact. The question we want to address in this episode is what do you do when you reach this point? How does a pastor or ministry leader press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called them heavenward in Christ Jesus when it would be so much easier to just quit? Well, I'm going to answer that question from an account, an event in the life of Jesus Christ. But, but first, let me share with you an experience that I had recently that had me thinking about all of this. Uh, a little while back, I, I was in the middle of an extended time of prayer and fasting. It was a multiple day fast. And I had reached the halfway point of my fast and my body began to protest. Now, if you have ever fasted, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's that moment in your fast 
when you're, you feel like your stomach is starting a civil war in your body, right? You have headaches, your body is slow, you're desperately hungry. And I must admit that on this particular day, halfway through my fast, I was seriously considering just ending my fast early, not because I had received what I was seeking God for, but simply because I was desperately hungry for a plate of fried rice and fish, right? Because that's the picture that I kept envisioning in my head. And for some reason on this particular day, the hunger pangs and the headache were just, they were stronger than usual. Well, by God's grace, I did not give up my fast. And for one specific reason, I'll tell you why. I kept reminding myself that the breakthrough that I was seeking God for through this fast, for my family, for our ministry, and for Nigeria, that what I was enduring was worth going through because of what I was trusting God for. And just as I was making this case to myself to keep going, the Lord brought to mind, the Lord began to frame in my mind why exactly it is that we as as pastors and ministry leaders should not drop out of the race that he's called us to run in ministry, even when our circumstances tempt us to. What the Lord brought to mind was actually a vision of the night that Jesus Christ had to endure in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he was arrested. If you remember that event, that story, it's in Luke chapter 22, right? Um, It was late at night and Jesus was all alone because his closest friends, his disciples had fallen asleep and they couldn't stay awake with him. And so the Bible says that Jesus was in great um, physical, emotional, even spiritual anguish so much so that he prayed three times that if it were possible, the cup he was about to drink from should pass from him. Like, if it were possible, um, let me not go through this, right? Three times. In fact, in Luke 22, verse 44, it says, And being in anguish, Jesus prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. I mean, think about that for a moment. In a moment of weakness, Jesus actually considered the possibility of sidestepping the cross. Like in his humanity, Jesus was wondering if there was actually another option other than the horrible death he was about to face. And to be clear, it wasn't just the physical pain that Jesus was dreading. Rather, it was the fact that he was about to be separated. He was about to experience a separation from the Father because of our sin. Remember, a few hours from this moment, Jesus is going to be he's going to be arrested, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be nailed to the cross, he's going to be pierced for our transgression, he's going to be wounded for our healing, for our, for our healing, the, the sin of the world would be dumped on him in the same way that a tank of sewage would be poured on a person. And there would come a moment when God the Father would, would have to turn away from his son because of the sin he was carrying, or our sin he was bearing, which, by the way, is why Jesus, in Matthew 26, 38, is going to go, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, where he goes, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus dreaded that moment so much that in Matthew 26, 38, he says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now, this was truly a level of, you know, emotional and spiritual stress and agony that no human in history has ever known. Like your eternity and my eternity were weighing in the balance at that moment, because if Jesus had given up his mission on earth at that moment, man, our salvation would be in danger. 
Like if Jesus didn't go to the cross, there would be no salvation. If there's no salvation, there'd be no entrance to heaven. And if there's no entrance to heaven, folks, there's only one place left for us to go, and that is hell. So listen, you and I will never have to bear the burden that Jesus Christ had to carry on that night. However, you and I will almost certainly experience our own version of a low point in life, in our faith, and in our ministry, a, a moment where you may find yourself crying out to God, my God, my God, where are you? Where are you in all of this pain? And for the record, you know, I should probably say this for some encouragement, the Bible is filled with examples of people who they themselves experience very low moments in their calling and ministry. Uh, think of Abraham, right? A Abraham was promised that he would be the father of nations, and it eventually happened, right? I mean, you and I are offspring, spiritual offsprings of Abraham. The entire nation of Israel is an offspring, direct offspring of Abraham, but it, it didn't get fulfilled in Abraham's lifetime. And only God knows how many nights Abraham must have laid in his tent, staring at the stars in the sky, wondering when and how it would happen when he barely had a son. Another example, biblical example of someone who experienced a low point is, is Joseph, right? Joseph in the book of Genesis was shown in a dream at a very, very young age that he would be ruler over his brothers and his family. And it did eventually happen, but not till age 30. And so imagine all those long nights when Joseph laid down in that prison cell in Egypt or when he was a slave in Potiphar's house, wondering whether God had forgotten or, he, or even if he heard God correctly. Then, of course, let's not forget John the Baptist, right? This is a man who was so filled with the Spirit um, from birth that he was actually one of the first people to see the world's Savior and Israel's Redeemer. Heck, God showed up, spoke in a voice. There was a dove and everything. Yet, shortly after that event, John was arrested. And while he's waiting in the prison to be beheaded, man, he, he struggled with doubt so much that he actually, actually sent one of his disciples to ask Jesus, Hey, are you the Messiah or are we waiting for someone else? Did I, did I not hear God correctly? Like if I asked you, if for every one of you listening, if I ask you to tell your story about a low point in your ministry, I'm sure you all have had some faith shaking moments in ministry that would rank up there with these stories. You know, theologians have actually come up with a terminology to describe experiences like this. It's called the dark night of the soul. Different people have defined the dark night of the soul in different ways, but one meaning that they almost all agree on is that this refers, the dark night of the soul refers to a moment in your life of personal, emotional, and spiritual crisis. It actually lo lasts longer than one night. It actually more accurately describes a season of your life where you may be experiencing um, spiritual dryness or, or darkness because God seems so far and no matter what you do, you just feel like you can't connect with him. You know, having lived through a dark night of the soul myself, here's what I can tell you with Holy Spirit filled confidence. And it's this, that the dark night of the soul is not something you need to fear. If anything, the dark night of the soul can be a prelude to a great spiritual awakening in your life. You know, our, our, our ministry, uh, the Gathering Faith Leadership Network, actually covers this topic in great detail in a three-day seminar that we offer for pastors right here in the city of Jos, Nigeria. 
The seminar is called Soul Care for Pastors and Ministry Leaders, and we dive into all of these topics about the dark night of the soul. Now, um, just so you know, if you sign up on our website, that's the gatheringfaithleadership.network. If you go there um, and you sign up on our email list, we'll keep you updated with all the upcoming training events, and you can be a part of this training. But uh, let's go back to the episode. For the purpose of this podcast episode, let me just say this. The key to breaking through the dark night of the soul is actually to lean, L-E-A-N, to lean into the night. Specifically, lean into what you already know to be true about God. And Jesus actually sets this example for us in his prayer on that same night in the Garden of Gethsemane when, in spite of the emotional and spiritual agony he was facing, he prayed in Luke twenty-two forty-two. he says, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus just essentially leaned into the night knowing that God had a good plan, that God's plan was perfect. And even if it hurt, he knew, he leaned into what he knew was true about God because Jesus understood that at the end of that night, literally and figuratively speaking, Jesus understood that glory awaited him on the other side of the cross and salvation awaited us on the other side of the cross. You know, the author of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, actually gives us some really interesting insight into what Jesus was thinking at that moment during his dark night of the soul when he leaned into the night. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And there it is, right? Like like Jesus saw past the pain. Jesus saw past the dark night. Jesus saw past a gruesome cross, and he saw me. Jesus saw you. He saw your family. He saw your church, and he saw our redemption. And most importantly, Jesus was motivated by obedience to God because he understood that it was only through his sacrifice that you and I could ever be reconciled into a right relationship with God. And so that was the joy that was set before him. And because of this joy of being obedient to the Father and redeeming us to the Father, he endured the shame of the cross. He scorned its shame and he paid the price for the penalty of our sin. So let's make this very practical, right? Like, let me ask you, pastor or ministry leader, what is the joy that's set before you? Like, take a moment, right, and and dream beyond the discomfort and the suffering and the trial that you're going through right now. Well, what is the promise of Christ? What was the promise of Christ that first drew you into ministry? Can, can, Can you still see it? Can you still see it? What was the pure and holy ambition that made you give up every other calling in life and devote your life to serve God's people and reach people far from God? Come back, right? Come back to your first love. Let me wrap up this episode by sharing with you some very practical ways to replenish your soul as a pastor or ministry leader when you find yourself in those dark nights of the soul. Uh, One of the first things I would say is this, reorder your priorities. 
Reorder your priorities as a ministry leader and pastor. So if, if you are facing ministry burnout or you're just at a low point, it's very possible, I'm not saying it's the reason, but it's very possible that your life is out of order. It's very possible that you have put ministry first, God second, family third, then you put your personal and physical health last. Well, that ain't gonna work for you. Um, like that is a recipe for spiritual and emotional burnout. Your relationship with God should always come first. And I'm not talking about attending church. Rather, I'm referring to your personal quiet time with your Father in heaven. And so think about that. Like, like what things did you do at first that stirred up in you a great love for Jesus Christ? Because one of the ways that you can make it through and break through and come through the dark night of the soul is really by returning to your first love, Jesus Christ, and doing with him the things you did at first. So we always put God first. We always put God first. And then, believe it or not, you put your family next, right? Scripture says in Timothy that if you can't shepherd your own house, how can you shepherd the house of God? So we put God first. We put family second. We put physical health somewhere in the second place with family. And then ultimately, we put ministry at that fourth place above every, uh, um, um, along with everything else. So um, let, let me go back to that first point because I think out of it flows all these healthy things. So um, here are a few ways for you to prioritize things in your life, to, to return to your first love, love Jesus Christ, because out of loving him will flow these other things. Number one, um, read Bible stories, like, like study, like read the scriptures, not for the purpose of teaching it, but simply just to know God more and to feed your soul. Like read those narratives in the scripture, read the Proverbs, read the Psalms, just, just to know your father in heaven more. Number two, go for, go for a prayer walk. I'm not talking about going for a prayer meeting. You just go for a prayer walk. You and God pour your heart out to the father. Don't talk the whole time, by the way. Spend some time listening and, and responding to the father. Number three, uh, spend time with other Christians, right? God has designed us to do life in community. So spend social time with other Christians, not to plan ministry events, but just to chat about what you were learning about God and how God is answering your prayers. Share your stories with one another. Another way is um, read a good book or watch a good movie that helps you laugh or helps you have a good cry. Um, one of the books that's been recently recommended to me is a book called God's Generals, and it has to do with the early revivalists, the early reformation, the early um, um, times of spiritual awakening. Read books that stir up love and joy in your heart. Uh, here's another one, very practical. Uh, if you're a pastor, try as much as possible to take at least at a minimum one week off um, from doing church-related activities. If you are able to find another pastor that you trust to preach for you and trust him with that week and just take that week off to rest your mind, rest your soul. In fact, during that week, spend that time not only resting your mind and heart, but spend it with your wife. Like during that week, take, take your wife out to eat at a restaurant that you can afford. And while you're at dinner, man, just tell her what you appreciate about her. And by so doing, you're actually stirring up affections for one another. Um, here's one. Play some music for your children, with your children. Have a dance competition together. Like go back and prioritize things in your life. God first, family, physical health, then ministry. Um, create a journal. Write down how you're growing in your faith, what you're learning about God. Um, make confession. 
a daily habit, if there's something you're doing or have done that doesn't honor God, confess it in detail to God and ask God to forgive you. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sin, God is faithful to forgive and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Receive God's forgiveness and get back to living. And then, man, man, spend one day a week fasting. And, and during that time, you're simply asking God for strength and direction for you personally. Brothers and sisters in ministry, we have one life to live, and it too shall soon pass. Let's make it a point that we make our lives count. And let's love the Lord our God with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds. And in so doing, our congregations and our ministries will follow our lead. Oh, my prayer is that God would bless you greatly this week as you live for him. Thanks again for listening to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. For more information about our ministry, uh, you could visit our website, www.thegatheringfaithleadership.network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos, Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. If you enjoyed this week's podcast and were blessed by it, there are one of two ways you can be a blessing to us in return. One, you can subscribe to our podcast on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us and leave an encouraging review and give us some great stars uh, telling us how much you enjoyed our podcast. That would mean a lot to us. And then two, you can actually visit the episode page of this week's podcast and share it on any of your social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, wherever, and let your friends know about us. We truly appreciate you and hope you were blessed by this. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you up with you next week. Stay close to Christ.